Hey there, welcome to another episode of Teams at Work. My name is Daria Gutnick, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Bunch. I'm co-hosting the show with Anthony Rio, who is also my co-founder and our COO. We are on a mission to help anyone become a great leader. And together with our team, we're building an AI leadership coach to achieve exactly that. This podcast is for a new generation of leaders. Every episode, we talk to an inspiring guest who is running a high-performance team or a company to learn about their journey and what they do in their day-to-day to be an effective leader. So no matter if you're leading a team already or simply interested in becoming more effective at work, you can build your leadership skills by investing as little as two minutes a day with our AI leadership coach. If you're curious, download it for free on the Apple App Store today by simply searching Bunch Leadership Coach. Your journey starts with a quick assessment of what kind of leader you are today, and then you will receive personalized daily leadership tips to help you grow faster into the leader you want to become tomorrow. Hey, everyone. Our guest on today's Teams at Work episode is Eyal Lasker. Eyal learned the ropes at the likes of WeWork and Uber on the product and growth teams and has now founded FlexSpace.ai to bring us Office as a subscription. In this episode, we talk about Eyal's ambitions as a founder, about his assumptions about the future of work and how an office plays a role in that, and what he has learned in his first startup, as well as during his time at WeWork and Uber. It's a very interesting chat for anyone who's a founder themselves or has ever played with a thought of potentially maybe starting a business. This episode has a lot in store. So let's dive right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Teams at Work. And I'm so excited to welcome Eyal Lasker here with us today, who is the founder of Flexspace AI and is going to share a bit of his story that is really interesting and led through company sensations like we work in Uber, but also, yeah, founding your own business, AI, which we're going to speak about today. So really, really warm welcome to you on this Monday. Thank you very much. All right. It's great to be here. So maybe let's jump right in, actually. As a CEO and a co-founder of a seed stage business, what does your day typically look like? And what do you find yourself kind of like most focused on, on like a typical day? What are your priorities right now? Yeah, that's actually a very important question when you still have a small team. So really uh, everyone in the team, like uh, our time is really important. And one of the most important things is really to prioritize and make sure that we work on the most important things as a company, as a team, and also as individuals. So my main focus is just like to make sure that we are on track uh, towards the goals that we set out for ourselves and then identify if there are any bottlenecks that needs to be unblocked. And then in terms of like more specifically, it comes down to hiring, go-to-market, motions, and then product work. Those are kind of the three pillars that I find myself spend most of my time. And as a startup CEO, you also, of course, have like multiple hats and totally relatable. Which are the hats that you think you are kind of most closest to as an individual contributor right now as well. So which individual roles do you also fill on your team right now? Yeah, so my career, right, throughout my career, and as you mentioned, I was uh, in different product roles in different companies, starting from Klarna, which is a fintech, uh, started as a, as a fintech Swedish startup that now became this like behemoth uh, buy now, pay later 
which is amazing to see the growth there through Auto, which was a startup acquired by Uber. So kind of being PM1 uh, on Uber Freight there and then joining WeWork uh, to build WeWork Condiment. So my main, uh, I'd say, kind of contribution is obviously in, in to the product and the product team. And that's uh, something that is really close to what we do and really be attentive to the customer and build a product that is very much uh, customer centric. But obviously as CEO, as you can probably relate to, there are other aspects that you need to put time in, which are more on the business side, sales, marketing, and the people. Yeah, absolutely. Hiring always, of course, a huge priority. Thank you for walking us through a little bit. And Eyal, did you always know you wanted to be a founder? Yeah, so always knew that I wanted to be a founder. Always had this like urge to start something that, or, you know, to leave a dent in the world, as they say. So definitely, I was like, I was eager to try to find solutions or different solutions to like existing problems and, and kind of try to find different approach that might be better or more efficient or easier to problems that we all encounter kind of through our day to day. I think that's maybe what led me, uh, this is pretty arbitrary, but uh, my undergrad, I went to study uh, physics and astronomy. And that really blew my mind into how everything that we see and experience in life is really through a very narrow kind of perception of like us as human beings. And if we try like to just like uh, expand the lens and take a different approach, we can find almost like a different playbook to what's going on in the world. And that really was kind of what was constantly driving me to not just settle on the status quo, right? And always know that there are other ways uh, that we can do things. Super cool. And what inspired you to found and start Flexspace? So Flexspace really started, I, you know, so one thing I always knew that the office for me as an individual, right, was never the best environment to be productive and creative. I always felt that sometimes it was actually not the right environment for me, right? So if I needed like to have some inspiration and to work, kind of go deep on, on something, you know, most often than not, the office was just like a place where I couldn't fulfill those like uh, tasks and goals. And luckily for me, I had the flexibility to go and work from different places. And then kind of thinking through that and meeting Justin, my co-founder at WeWork, we both had this like strong conviction that work needs to be changed and the way we work can be different. And the future of work will be more flexible and distributed. Interesting. When you look back on your career, or when I was actually um, kind of doing the homework of, you know, studying your LinkedIn journey and things like that, I noticed that you actually started a company in quite the early stages of your journey. And then you kind of took this like, I don't want to say 10 years break because you work for so many amazing companies from like Klarna to WeWork and Uber. And so like, there probably weren't a lot of breaks. However, in the entrepreneurial journey, you actually started with a company and then you went on to work with teams and companies as, as a team member or as an employee. Walk us a little bit through that kind of like 
first startup experience and then your return now? Was it intentional on purpose? Did you seek specific learnings you wanted to make or how did that go? Yeah, it's actually uh, quite a story. So I mentioned that by graduating from physics and astronomy, my first job was actually as a trader at the hedge fund. So, you know, doing like quants and modeling and things like that. And that was great and fascinating and really allowed me to have a lot of flexibility into where and when I work from. Maybe that was kind of the early seeds of like uh, eventually launching Flexspace. But at the end of the day, I kind of felt that it was, I lacked the purpose and the meaning and the mission. So it was very much all focused around the bottom line, the bottom line, but there was no, I didn't find meaning in it. So while I was there, I actually launched like the first website or portal. So I launched a website that was all around educating people around hedge fund, which was, I wouldn't say a new investment vehicle, but definitely something that was a niche. So I started that and created uh, different indices and interviewed hedge fund managers and kind of build that portal to educate people around around hedge fund. And I think that was kind of the first time that I realized, oh, I can build something and people actually get value out of it. So it was very cool to start seeing like tracking the analytics and getting feedbacks and reviews from different users. So that I think was kind of the the first kind of, not a startup, but initiative that I took in the kind of more on the tech world. And then from there, I actually uh, visited San Francisco and had a chance to meet really amazing people from Google uh, and others. So I kind of got like more acquainted with the tech industry and people. So that was where I decided that this is more for me. I actually want to build things that can... Uh, that people can uh, find value in. So I started Anyone, which was my first startup. And obviously, as you know, kind of first time, probably did many, many mistakes and focused on all the wrong things. But... Can you tell us a bit more? <laughs> <laughs> it calls for a <laughs> Yeah, no, sure. I think at the time, so I wasn't, I was technical enough, but I was definitely not, you know, I couldn't kind of play the CTO role. I could code and I built like the MVP and then play around with that. And we got some early traction, but, uh, but I was like, you know, I think we kind of missed like the depth of the experience. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that was kind of where that uh, journey it was all about like finding the right, I was like constantly trying to find the right partner or co-founder that mm-hmm. will bring more mm-hmm. of those technical uh, skills. I think any, mm-hmm. like when I think about, you know, entrepreneur or entrepreneurship in the tech world, it's very hard to build a tech product without, you know, you have to have this duo of like uh, product and engineering and probably mm-hmm. marketing will go to market as well. That is probably the right trio mm-hmm. to start a new a new journey. So for me, as a you know, at the time I was a solo entrepreneur, I really tried to do everything. And yeah, so there's a limit to how many hours you can work in the day. And I think at the time 
instead of like trying to solve all the problems, I it was better off if I would like if I focus more of my time on finding the right people. On team building, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Super good learning. I'm sure it helps you now in the current journey. So how did you then decide to actually join Klarna that was as a next step, right? Yeah, so that was, you know, wasn't planned. Um, it was more like an opportunity. So at the time, Klarna, I was in Tel Aviv and Klarna was really kind of hosting a lot of like the meetups for the tech, the local tech community. And I was ending and, and just, I was part of that. And one in one of those meetups, I actually uh, saw that they are looking for, I actually applied as an engineer, to be honest. I applied to join Klarna as an engineer. And I guess because I didn't have the CS background. So, you know, I had like the, the more kind of, I could execute, but I was lacking on more the theoretical aspect. So then I just, you know, saw that there is an opening for a product manager and I decided that that might be, I think throughout like uh, all the past years, I was doing a product manager like work, but I didn't realize or I wasn't able to label myself as a product manager, if that makes sense. And then when I saw like the job opening at Klarna and kind of read through the requirements and what's needed, I thought that that actually can be a good fit for me. So I applied for that and uh, yeah, and joined Klarna, which was an amazing journey. And when you decided to kind of like go back and found another company, was it so when you joined Klarna, was it kind of like always clear to you, all right, I'm going to do like a few roles, I'm going to learn stuff along the way and then eventually I get back to founding my own thing again was it always kind of like on the horizon or were you more open-ended about it and kind of just said like okay I'm, I'll join team see which in which roles I can make an impact no I always knew that I want to do my own but I also was you know and I think it was super important so I learned a lot and I think it's so important to get those learnings each one of us, we have our own, uh, our own journey and our own path. But as you know, it's kind of like uh, if I would, you know, just like generalize, I would say that, be like you know, individuals that want to become entrepreneurs, there's a lot of value in getting those early learnings as a product, like as product people and product managers, because as a product manager, at the end of the day, you are the CEO of the product. And you do get to touch through all the different aspects of building a product from engineering, design, through sales, marketing, legal, pricing, billing. Like you get to just like experience a very broad set of skills and you get to learn a lot about different aspects of the business that when you then go and start your own company, you already have that very broad playbook that you can apply. Definitely. Maybe actually following up on that and kind of coming full circle on Flexspace and where you are today in the journey, you obviously found it in a time where work changed as significantly as never before, or at least in my lifetime, when I think back, that's probably was the biggest shift to how we think about work going through the pandemic, obviously taught every one of us how much we can work differently, actually, and how much is out there and opened up a whole new opportunity space. So 
I was interested in from your own experience with Flexspace, but also kind of because you are building in a market where I'm sure you are kind of analyzing that space so much. What are your predictions or what do you assume will be the changes that you're already seeing that we go through when it comes to how teams work, how we lead teams in this like new remote and hybrid work reality that we're in today? Yeah, so the first thing I would say that uh, remote or distributed work is not, it's not new. And, you know, you had like amazing companies like GitLab and others that were always like remote first and are kind of the, the poster child of remote work. I think that COVID just like accelerated a future that is inevitable. I truly believe that going to the office nine to five, five days a week is over. There might be like segments of the, obviously segments of like uh, uh, the industry that will, and they will be the ones that will go fully on the other side. But I just don't think that the nine to five, five days a week is a necessity anymore to productivity or creativity. And the last two years are a great kind of evidence that companies can really thrive uh, and be successful in a remote setup. And Yael, I'm, I'm curious, you've worked at some amazing, obviously some amazing companies and brands, Klarna, as we said, WeWork, Uber. When you look back at all of these experiences, what were your takeaways? Sort of what did you learn about these companies, these teams, these cultures? What were your takeaways and and how have they sort of defined you as a leader and sort of defined how you're approaching Flexspace, et cetera? I'm, I'm curious if you've taken some really concrete lessons and sort of have defined this picture of the future of work because of them. Yeah, definitely. So I think each of those companies uh, had a very uh, bold mission and really strive to make a significant change in the way that, you know, so Klarna with consumption and credit, right, which is huge, uh, and then Uber with transportation, and then we work obviously with work. And I think that all of them had a very, I would say, bold, but also very specific mission uh, and vision that those founders really kept the company grows and obviously all of them, I, I, I've been through all of those companies through their growth or hyper growth phases, which very easily things can break uh, because the company is just growing in an you know, unbelievable rate. So I think that at the end of the day, the biggest challenge for a company as it grows and scale is to keep the culture, keep the vision and really align everyone in the company towards the goal, right? Because as you grow and you start having those different pockets of excellence and leadership, then sometimes it's what happens is that people just diverge from like the kind of the key goal or where we want to get to as a company. As then what I've seen from those like great founders is really the ability to always drive the company towards the initial vision and, and mission. Interesting. In terms of goals, this is actually something that we also know from our listeners and overall our users as well, that that's one of the trickiest parts to really nail and get right, right? Like phrasing an objective that is really motivating, but at the same time doesn't like kind of limit 
the opportunity space for the team and so on. So how do you actually set goals or how do you, maybe I can be more specific even, if you have a North Star metric at FlexSpace, what is it and how did you end up there? Like, how did you actually find it with your team? Yeah, so our mission is to empower the remote teams of the future. That is what we strongly believe. We strongly believe that, one, work will be more remote, and two, that teams are those, you know, first unit of excellence and team is like the first unit that can really drive innovation. So I think like the future, right? Like what we are all trying to figure out is how you take a group of people in a remote setting and make sure that, that nothing breaks, right? And the first thing that usually comes to mind is culture, right? So how do we build culture? How do we build like the team in remote environments, right? And I think that's kind of where we used to think that if we'll put everyone in the same physical space, it will just happen. We'll have culture, we'll have those team, the team will feel comfortable with one another and people will be able to collaborate effectively. But I just don't think that this is true anymore. And definitely, you know, we always try to kind of paint the vision for five years from now and 10 years from now with technology and all the different tools that we now have accessible to us as individuals, as teams and as companies, we will find ourselves in a completely different setup. And why do you think it's, sorry, I'm so curious because it's a, yeah, I mean, it's obviously a topic that's interesting to us a bunch as well, but also to our listeners. Why do you think it's not possible to actually build that organic culture anymore when you have these sort of like remote and hybrid environments? What do you think changed? Yeah, so I definitely think it is possible. I'm just saying that uh, in the past we had this like assumption or that's how we used to do things. And today we can definitely build that through. Um, look, at the end of the day, I think that what's important for people is to work on problems or work for companies that they believe in their mission and they are passionate about being part of the solution, right? So mm-hmm. once you have that, everything else will fall into place. I think it's harder when leadership doesn't provide the inspiration or doesn't provide kind of the motivation to be part of the organization. Mm. So I think that new leadership, right, or leadership in a remote uh, environment or leadership in a remote work needs to be much more inspiring and also much more empowering. Well, and this is a perfect bridge to the question I wanted to ask you because we're sort of moving into this sort of like Eyal's, Eyal's philosophy on leadership segment of the episode. And that's where exactly where we want to go. So how do you define leadership and what is it to you? Can I share a story? Of course. Totally. <laughs> Very encouraged. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I think, I think if I just kind of go back to my kind of my journey and my personal experience, I think that I just encounter leadership at a young age. So I, I play basketball. Basketball was my thing. Uh, I was obsessed about basketball and, you know, was fortunate enough to be kind of the team's captain at a very young age. And I think at that time, right, at that age, I had to kind of lead without authority, right? I just be part of the team 
but also find a way to lead my friends, right, and my teammates through the good times and bad times. And I think that this is like something that stuck with me. So when I think about leadership, I think about that as like always be part of the team, but also, you know, you are the ones that people will look up to when things get tough or when there are kind of uncertainties and question marks. So, so for me, it's really around like be very clear on what we want to do and what we are not going to do. What are the things that we are going to work on and what are the things that we are just not going to be part of uh, this company? And be clear on what you want to achieve. What is your goal? Why are you building what you are building? Be very, very strict, like be very, I'd say, uh, stubborn on the vision, but be flexible on kind of the tactics because things can change all the time. But all of us, uh, you know, at FlexSpace, and also I think that applies to other teams and other companies, you have to be focused kind of on the North Star and realize that there might be several ways to get there. Leadership is obviously something that requires kind of like a work and improvement on a daily basis. And assuming that you are on a journey to self-improvement as well and uh, are trying to grow in areas still, what are those areas? What are still parts that are challenging or what's difficult for you that you're trying to grow in? Yeah, so, so for me, it's really, it's like we are transitioning or I'm transitioning from being a product manager to, to CEO role which kind of brings more aspects into the things that are required for me. And I think at the end of the day, there is, I mentioned that before, that I think product management is a great kind of setup towards being an entrepreneur, but also entrepreneurship and starting a company, you have to really realize that you are starting a, a business and business comes with, you know, just like financials, right? And revenue and capital and making sure that your business model is tight and that you have a business model that is sustainable. So this is like kind of shifting from product to a more business focused area is something that I constantly kind of making sure that I'm doing right. Got it. And if you were to go back to yourself kind of to, in the beginning of the journey before you founded your first startup and you were to give advice to someone who wants to become a founder or is thinking about starting a business, what would be the pieces of advice that you would give them? Yeah. So one, uh, entrepreneurship is hard. It's really, it's like, it's really hard, but it's also so rewarding and fun. So my advice is really find something that you are truly passionate about, a problem area that are very close to and dear to your heart, uh, because this is something that uh, you're going to spend most of your waking hours and probably dream about that also at night. And it must be like worth it. So I'd say find your passion and then just go, go for it all in. 
And then, Yal, I want to also want to ask uh, two questions about more like sort of the leadership aspect of this entire journey, because I think I think the entrepreneurial journey is hard enough. And at the same time, founders and early hires are all tasked with being leaders to some degree as well. So first question is, what were sort of the highlights and, you know, lowlights of your sort of leadership career so far, if you're open to sharing? So funny enough, I think one of really like one of the moments that I was very kind of proud of were or was so in San Francisco, I joined uh, product school as an instructor, right? And I kind of had my first class there, 18 people that uh, sign up to product class to transition from different roles into product management. And I spent a few weeks with that group. And at the end of the course, two of them kind of got their dream jobs, one in Amazon and, and another one at a startup as product managers. And, you know, just, just being a small part of that was pretty amazing feeling for me. So just like kind of showing, and I think that's really part of what your guys are doing here, right? Just like when you, sometimes when you share things that maybe even for you, you think are just obvious or not that meaningful, but then someone for, for others is really like that one piece in the puzzle that was missing. I think, you know, that's just so rewarding. And then maybe a, a low lights, I think is a strong word, but maybe sort of like a critical leadership learning moment for you. Yeah. And, and obviously there's a lot, right? And I really think it's also very important, right? Because you really grow from where things are tough more than, you know, when everything goes uh, smooth. So you can imagine that both at Uber and WeWork, there were difficult times in terms of like the company and a lot of like uncertainties where it was challenging to kind of lead the group, uh, lead the teams throughout those difficult times and manage uncertainties. So first of all, can completely, completely, uh, I guess, empathize with it. I mean, it must have certainly been challenging in that sense. But uh, what got you through and what did you do in those moments where you did have to sort of like, you know, lead the team through the ambiguity and or the, yeah, the challenges? Yeah, so it's really around just like uh, communication. And one of the things that I really kind of was my, uh, one of the things that I learned and kind of took with me as a leader, right, is transparency. You know, so obviously there were things that were just out of our control. And also we didn't have you know, access to all the information all the time, but just be as transparent as possible and communicate, right? So communication and transparency were the two things that really help in a time of like a lot of uncertainties. Well, and that's the bridge to, I think one of our, it's the question we ask on every podcast, regardless of the guests, it's sort of how we like to start to wrap up in that sense. I mean, it sounds like that was a critical learning. If you could go back to the very beginning, and I, I love the way you put it earlier in the episode as well. I wanted to reference it. I loved how you said, even as a very different company to ours, you're sort of focused on that team as that atomic innovation unit and sort of, you know, that team requires certain leadership qualities. Like, I think we're very aligned as two companies in that regard. So there's no brainer that we're on the same podcast here. But if you could go all the way back to the time when you were sort of on that first team, maybe even before you were a, a proper like manager, but even if you were a manager at that time, if you could give yourself a couple of leadership tips, what would they be? So one obviously is like lead by example. And, you know, you can't ask someone else 
things that uh, you know you you are not following uh, as an individual. So that's definitely the one thing that uh, we we both Justin and myself uh, feel very strongly about. And then the other key thing is always, always, always just like uh, focus on on the goal and the big picture because you know things are. There's so many things that are changing all the time and there's so much noise that sometimes it's easy just to get lost. And then the last thing is just like uh, be positive. Just be positive. There are hurdles along the way. Things will not always go as planned. Just stay uh, positive and stay focused. Those are really good pieces of advice, I think, that we definitely, I take to heart for today and this new week. It's been a huge pleasure and extremely educational and insightful to chat here today. Thank you so much, Eyal, for yeah being open as well about the not-so-easy moments in your journey and super excited about where the journey goes and how FlexSpace, but also your personal journey, um, will develop and uh, will be uh, obviously watching from the sidelines and everyone else in our audience, if they would want to get in touch with you, actually, and stay in touch with you, how would they do that best? Where can we reach you? Yeah, definitely. Uh, easiest is just to send me an email at al, E-Y-A-L, at flexspace.ai. Perfect. And for everyone out there that is in the US and is like me, working from home many times, but um, not all the time, and wants to actually share a desk in a nice space, do check out Flexspace AI. We are customers and um, I'm dabbling my feet and testing it out and trying it out, but definitely a really cool concept, office and subscription. So everyone who's interested, check out AI's startup. Thanks for listening to Teams at Work. Let us know what your thoughts are on today's episode. You can find us on Twitter at Daria Gutnick and at Anthony A. Rio, or simply follow Bunch at Bunch underscore HQ. And don't forget, subscribe if you like the episode, because we always have interesting guests who join us and share valuable knowledge as well as actionable advice. Yeah, we're looking forward to hearing from you. Please do get in touch. At the beginning of the show, we did mention that we're building an AI leadership coach that helps you level up as a leader in just two minutes a day. Check us out on the Apple App Store and simply search Bunch Leadership Coach to find it. Try it out and let us know what you think. And that's a wrap. We are your hosts, Daria Gutnick and Anthony Rio, and we're excited to speak with you all soon. Till next time.